listening to Wake Up and Read the Labels, your guide to eating simple and feeling good. If you want to eat clean and feel your best, guess what? You're in the right place. Each week, we talk about ingredients that may be holding you back from feeling your best. We also talk to some brands that are going against the grain and actually using real ingredients we can recognize. Plus, we're sharing stories with people who are just like you, who actually woke up and read the labels. Welcome to Wake Up and Read the Labels podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about the traditional schooling of both dietitian and nutritionists, okay? And why a lot of what they're teaching just isn't giving people the results that they want. That's number one. Also, number two, we're going to talk about reversing insulin resistance. So do you know somebody that, or yourself, that wakes up hungry, that feels tired often after meals, has been diagnosed with prediabetes or maybe fatty liver disease? You're tired after meals and you're always hungry, right? If this is you or someone you know, and the percentage of people that have this, I don't remember off the top of my head, but it's a lot, more than 50% have this, this is something you want to listen to. So today I welcome Shanna Husson. She's a registered dietitian, nutritionist, and a metabolic health and weight loss expert. She is the host of the top rated nutrition podcast called Fast to Heal Stories. So get ready for this one. Buckle up. Let's go. Okay. So quick question, Shanna, tell me who you are and what do you do? Yeah. So I'm a registered dietitian nutritionist. And I know some people kind of get confused with that RDRDN thing because the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics just decided, hey, you can call yourself an RD or an RDN a few years ago. So that gets confusing to people, but it's the same credential. But I've been in the industry for 22 years and I teach people how to reverse insulin resistance at this stage of my career. I've been doing that for about three years. Prior to that, I did mostly weight management, but I was more in the conventional system and the health coaching system. And a lot of what I was teaching was not reversing what I wanted it to reverse in in the traditional setting with both weight and disease state. So, you know, my clients were coming back and implementing what I told them to do and not seeing a lot of progress. So I started to take a deep dive and thought, you know, I I just don't think me promoting all of these whole grains and, you know, the food plates and all of that, my plate, food guide pyramid, that's a little bit older, but it's not moving the needle and why not? So, and I was struggling with my own health issues. So I took a step back and really did a deep dive into nutrition and like more nutrition from hundreds of years ago. And my clients actually see progress and heal their bodies with actual whole nutrition. Yes. Yes. This is great. I'm so excited that you're on here today because I tell people, listen, what I do, you can do too. Meaning you don't have to be a doctor. You don't need to be a scientist. You don't need to be a food engineer, rocket scientist. You don't need to be a dietitian or a nutritionist because guess what? One, I'm not, but two, no one's teaching these things. So we're going to dive into this. But Shanna, I imagine you did nutrition school, the dietitian thing, but you had to take matters into your own hands because you figured out what they're teaching me is not working. Is that correct? Oh, for sure. And when you go and look at the history of 
where the dietetics curriculum is handed down, you'll be mind blown. Oh, yeah. It's, it's not what you think. Yeah. You know, same with the medical industry and it's crazy. You know, how that curriculum came to be is pretty crazy. Yeah. I have people message me all the time. My my nutritionist told me to take this protein powder and they send the label and I'm like, are you getting any results? Because if you're not, then you need to assume your nutritionist it doesn't really know what they're doing. And they do. It's what they've been told. It's what they've been taught. I think it's a beautiful thing that they really, they truly do want to help people, right. but it's not how you get sustainable results. And it's just, unfortunately, the system is broken. It's being failed so many times. So I am curious and I hope you can answer this question. If you did this schooling and you have kind of formulated your own way of helping people reverse insulin resistance, why do you use the RDN behind your name? I have gone back. It's funny that you asked this because I have gone back and forth. Do I just drop that credential? Right. And every five years, registered dietitians are they have to do 75 credits of continuing education in order to keep that credential. And so you're trying to take tests of everything you don't Uh, believe, right? Well, yeah. So you go through the whole school, you know, you have to get your bachelor's degree and then you have to do an internship that are super competitive to get for a whole year. And then you have to take the RD exam and that's no walk in the park either. So if you let your credential lapse, you have to go through that all again, not the schooling, but you have to go take the RD exam. So every five years when it comes up, I'm like, oh, do I care about this anymore? Do I even right. want that behind my name? Because I think it's a turnoff for some people. Well, people that know what's going on, it is. exactly. But most people don't know, Shanna. They don't know. So that's why I keep it because I'm like, well, we're supposed to be the nutrition authorities. Mm-hmm. And then when that, like I just had to have all my credentialing done last year. And when I was looking for credits that I actually wanted to learn about, there were not many. (laughs) So there was a couple that focused on insulin resistance. There's a couple of integrative dietitians who had put out or, you know, holistic dietitians who had put out some education. And that's what I focused on. But the vast majority and some of them, I just took the curriculum, like they'd be, you know, one or two credits just to see what nonsense was being spewed to all the dietitians. And there's a lot of that came out of going through what I did. But at the same time, I'm glad you asked that because I toyed with this. I'm like, and it's very expensive to to keep up all the 75 credits is a lot. Yeah. And only a certain amount, I think it's like 20 can be from free credentialing. The rest has to be paid under the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics. So it's it's very warped. (laughs) I have a lot of people that I talk to and they often tell me mentors, all kinds of people, consultants, and they're like, listen, you should really go and you know, get those credentials behind your name. It'll help what you're doing. I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like, I want people to know that someone that's helping thousands of people don't even have those credentials. And so you can do this too. In fact, a little spoiler alert, something on the horizon 2023, we are going to be certifying food coaches that are reading the labels for people, helping people understand ingredients, which is not being taught in dietitian or nutrition school. And then they can be the food coaches to help those around them. So I'm very excited to get that off the ground this year and running. 
Yeah. I just, this morning on Instagram, I was, I follow, you know, several dietitians and one was yep. PCOS related. And she was recommending horrendous <sighs> bread with like 20 ingredients because it was high protein. And the only thing yep. she was focused on was high protein. And I'm like, Oh my goodness. No wonder people are yep. so confused. It's mind boggling. Yeah. I mean, think about it. Nutritionist focus on nutrition label. It's all this math formula in these numbers. And so maybe I should trademark ingredientition. I like that ingredientition. You know, if, if I had to go back and do it again, and I've talked about this on my podcast before, I would go back and do the functional nutrition practitioner degree, which is more of like that holistic. Yep functional nutrition, not the traditional registered dietitian degree. Yeah. I like that, Mm -hmm. but things are changing. So that's good. So tell me what was that moment where you were in school and you said either this isn't working or was it a client story? You were working with someone or seeing multiple people. What made you actually want to make that switch? Yeah. Unfortunately, it wasn't in school. It was like 10 years into, wow, 10 years in, like I've been in it for 22 years. So it was like 10 years. Did you feel frustrated when you were working with people and you weren't getting real results? Was that confusing you? It was confusing. But the other thing was, and I'm sure a lot of practitioners feel this, you just think your students, clients are not being aren't listening. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you must be closet eating or something. And then like once I understood the correct nutrition and hormones and how our food system is just driving inflammation. It made sense. I was like, oh my gosh, can I go back 10 years? <laughs> yeah. crazy. You're like, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. I'm sorry. So unfortunately it wasn't in school. I wish it were that long ago, but it was more so my son got super sick in 2016 with an autoimmune. Well, I don't even think it's an autoimmune disease. It's a, it was an infection, ulcerative colitis. And we were thrown into the conventional system for the first time ever. Like I had never really had to take any of my family members to the hospital or to the conventional system for any sort of illness. Like we were all a very healthy family. And holy cow, once I got into that, the very first day that he was diagnosed, I was given a sheet of like diet instructions, nutrition instructions. And because he had ulcers in his colon, they wanted him on a low residue, low fiber. Jen, you would crap. (laughs) So what they gave me, it was bread, pasta, milk, tortilla, like, but not nothing clean. It was all highly inflammatory foods, applesauce, everything processed, canned vegetables, canned fruit. And I looked at it. I'm like, how in God's name can this be healthy? And that's when I'm like, there's got to be a better way. And I had had some of my own health issues. I had pretty severe bloating that started in college when I had wrecked my gut. (laughs) And, um, you know, I just thought it was how I was like, Oh, that's just me. I'm going to be bloated for the next 80 years. But that, and I had chronic canker sores. I'm like, there's, this is all got to be related. So those things compiled together. I'm like, there's got to be a different way to approach healing and weight loss and inflammation. Yeah, for sure. I like to say that healthcare providers and customers or consumers, they're painfully disconnected. Food and medicine are so disconnected. People are siloed. They don't know where to go. They don't know who to listen to. And so when it's coming from, you know, the guy in the white coat and the medical facility, you trust it. It's this 
it's a sign of trust and you listen and you don't get better and it's very cyclical. So I'm excited to bring you on so that people can understand exactly what you do and how they can help you. So tell me exactly about reversing insulin resistance. How does someone know they have insulin resistance and have you been seeing this trend growing where we are getting more people who are insulin resistant? Yeah. And unfortunately, people don't know always know what that term means. Mm-hmm. We've kind of gotten away from the term insulin resistance. But I'm telling you, if you have prediabetes or type 2 diabetes, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease or PCOS, you have some sort of insulin resistance and it runs on a spectrum. So over the course of your life, if you're eating really often or you're eating just a lot of junky foods that are causing inflammation, a lot of high sugar, high carb foods, your body has to push out insulin every time you eat. And if you're eating higher carb, higher sugar, very, very ultra processed foods, that pancreas has to work harder to push out insulin. So what insulin does, it's a hormone that lets the energy get into the cell so that you can utilize it. A lot of people think they just eat. And their system just magically gets the nutrients and the energy to where it needs to go. But so many things need to happen. And insulin being released is one of them. So if you eat carbohydrate, you eat, insulin is released. So over time, if you're in that pattern, and that's what we've been educated to do, like eat often. Mm-hmm. Eat your breakfast. It's the most important meal of the day. When you get up in the morning, even if you're not hungry, eat these snacks because it'll give you stabilized energy. It's the exact opposite opposite of what you should be doing to feel stable energy. So you do that over the course of your life. Your pancreas just gets super tired and insulin is chronically circulating in high levels, higher than it should be. And so you're constantly telling your cells to take in energy, take in energy, and it makes it impossible to burn fat because that high level of insulin just tells your body to store rather than burn. So people are in this chronically high state of high insulin. And after a while, the cells just start to ignore it. They're like, no way. Like I have so much energy packed in my cells. And now you want me to pack more energy in the cells because I have this high level of insulin circulating and your cells basically just kind of become immune to insulin. And that's what insulin resistance is. It's like the energy is not getting into your cells. You feel like crap. You can't lose weight. You're hungry all the time. You have trouble going more than a couple of hours without eating. And you think it's just how you are, where it's mainly just these chronically high, too high levels of insulin resistance and insulin resistance runs on a spectrum. So some people might just have a little bit of weight loss resistance or a little bit of inflammation. We're very, very high chronic insulin resistance at its worst is a really tough case of type two diabetes where you require a ton of insulin. But 80% of our adult population here in the United States and Westernized culture is insulin resistant. So any of those things that I talked about that sounds like you, you most likely do have some sort of level of insulin resistance. Did you ask me what, how to, how to know you have it? Absolutely. Keep going. I mean, for people listening, they're like, okay, yeah, I now know what insulin resistance is. Either I probably have it. Maybe I have it. I thought I might have it. Or I'm sure someone listening knows someone that does have it or potentially. 
For sure. So the symptoms that I mentioned, that's one telltale sign. Like you probably have insulin resistance. Like I said, if you wake up and you have to eat or you feel like crap, you get shaky, you get nauseous, you get hangry, you have energy plunges, like you're just energy crashes. Chances are you are insulin resistant, but you can also test for it, which not many conventional doctors or practitioners are doing this and they don't Wild. see it because they don't know how they don't know that they should test for fasting insulin. And then even if they run the test, they don't know how to interpret it. And they don't know that insulin resistance is the cause of most obesity, type two diabetes, prediabetes, fatty liver, they treat with medication. So they don't know how to interpret it. And then if they do run the test and you have elevated insulin, they are now on the hook to treat it and they don't know how. So it's a huge problem. And if you don't mind, like I just went yesterday, I took my mom to a doctor appointment. She has fatty liver, which has advanced to cirrhosis because she's had insulin resistance for probably 40 years. That's been untreated. And her fatty liver has progressed to cirrhosis. And I didn't know this until she asked me six months ago to go to a visit with her. And she was getting some follow-up labs. And I said, can you also test her fasting insulin, please? I'd like to see her level of insulin resistance. And we were with a liver specialist, a liver doctor in the hepatology department. And she looked and she said, oh, I have fasting glucose on the panel. And I said, no, I need a fasting insulin. And she looked and she's like, oh, I don't know if they run that here. And she's like, this lady's crazy. I think they only do that inpatient. And I was like, oh my gosh, these people have no guidance. It's wild. She did get one done. She had to look it up, but she had no idea what I was talking about. And she never once asked my mom about her eating habits, her nutrition, her sleep, sad, her stress levels, never once. I was so disgusted. And then she has high blood pressure and she had a borderline high blood pressure reading. And the lady's like, Oh, great. It looks great. I'm like, no, it doesn't. I know. So anyway, it's not to digress. It's just crazy. And this was a large hospital institution, well-known in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. This was not some little rinky dink clinic that you would expect them to, you know, maybe be a little behind. This was a large hospital system. So you can test for insulin resistance. What you would ask for is a fasting insulin, a fasting glucose, and a hemoglobin A1C. And then you can look at your level of insulin resistance. But like I said, even if you get the test, if your endocrinologist or your practitioner is savvy enough to know to order those, they often don't know how to interpret it. And then they don't know how to treat it. So it's very frustrating. My gosh. I know a dear family member that needs to receive the gift from you, Shanna, to help them. Tell me, how do you help people when they figure this thing out? Do they get tests run through you? How's that work? Yeah. So just going back to that fasting insulin, if you do have it tested, it should be under six because the guidelines in the conventional system are not accurate because it is for an inpatient test their guidelines are set for an inpatient test. Mm -hmm. So it should be under six. If it's between six and 12, you have borderline insulin resistance and over 12, just if you happen to get the test done is severe insulin resistance. So I use two main strategies. 
when I am helping people to recover from insulin resistance. So it's so mind boggling because all prediabetes and type two diabetes stem from too much insulin, right? Diet, your diet, your diet, you, your diet. Know. So you reverse it by lowering the levels of insulin over time. And what the conventional system does is just try to make the pancreas push out more insulin to work better. Or in extreme cases of type 2 diabetes, what do they do? They pump you full of more insulin. So it is completely, completely backward. But I, I help people lower their insulin with timed eating. If you want to call it intermittent fasting, if you want to call it time-restricted eating, but I you know help you time your eating. And then we look at overall carbohydrate intake and focus on real whole food, like you teach people (laughs) to do, to bring down the inflammation because the inflammation is out of control when you have insulin resistance, whether one causes the other, you know, where that inflammation, is it coming from insulin resistance? Did the, you know, is the insulin resistance driving the inflammation? It doesn't matter. Got to tackle the inflammation. You do that with whole real food. And depending on your goals and what you're trying to achieve, where your health is at, I do teach therapeutic carb restriction as a therapy to reverse insulin resistance. So I don't teach no carb. I don't teach everyone you have to be ketogenic, but I do help you find a level of carbohydrate that's going to help you reverse your disease state. Okay. And so do you work with clients one-on-one? I do a little bit. I have just a few monthly appointments that I have, but I mostly teach people in courses and live courses with live coaching and pre-recorded lessons that they watch. And then we meet for coaching. I love that. Okay. So where can people find this information? My website is where you can find everything that I teach is fasttoheal.info. All my courses are, are on there. The one that really helps to reverse insulin resistance is called finding nutritional peace. But by the time this airs, the title might change. So hilarious. I'm thinking about changing it to low insulin academy or low insulin academy because it better reflects what you're actually doing, but you can find that there. And that course I run live at least three times a year with group coaching, but I have other pre-recorded courses there that people can take to start to reverse their insulin resistance. Okay. Awesome. Well, you've been a wealth of knowledge and I know anyone listening that is struggling with these symptoms or knows someone, there is a different alternative than like you said, conventional style and just putting some more medication, actually trying to reverse it, find the root cause and finding out how to essentially feel better. Because when you're suffering from these symptoms, you're feeling bad. You're hungry all the time. You're dealing with inflammation. And so if it's something that you're consistently dealing with, that is good indication that something's going on and turning to the right people that can help you with that. So for everybody listening, go follow Fast to Heal. I know you're on Instagram. We're friends. And also go to fasttoheal.info to find her website. And thank you so much, Shanna. You've been great. Thanks for listening to this episode of Wake Up and Read the Labels. If you like this episode, guess what? We want you to share it. We'd love that. Share it with a friend and leave us a review. You can subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or really wherever you're listening to your podcast. 
For more information, visit us at wakeupandreadthelabels.com. 